right, welcome to episode 23 of This Old Deck. Sit down with uh, Ty Thomason and we talk about scryings. Uh, and then there's a part two to this episode which uh, where we discuss not not old school, uh, just some some organized play stuff. Uh, so I put a little transition in between there so that way if you don't want to listen to that, you don't have to. If you want to, go right ahead. All right, enjoy. <laughs> Should just be recording. Right. Yep, there goes the transcript. All right, I'm gonna exit out of that. Cool. All right, uh, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. I think most people who listen to this podcast probably know who you are because they're probably out of Texas. But yeah, it's all Texas guys. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm I'm Ty Thomason. You know, I'm a longtime Magic player. I've been playing a lot more old school last year, basically. Uh, and used to live in Texas, moved to New Jersey back in May, uh, but. You know, I've, I've played Magic in Texas for basically 2001 till 2019, 2020. So probably seen me around if you're from Texas. Yeah. And more importantly, you have a blog, which is what I use to come up with my three interview questions, mm-hmm. which I want to be clear. Like, uh, I usually don't come up with anything before I talk to somebody. <laughs> I just like make that shit up on the fly. Yeah. But um, your blog, like for people who want to like, take a look at like what you've done. I think your blog is absolutely the way to go. Um, which led me to my first question. Do you think you're the best American scryings player out there? Or do you think, do you think you've played the most scryings out of any American? I I don't know. Cause, cause I think some people got to play a little bit more in the pandemic, like, or like right at the beginning, you know, cause we were, we were planning on having the Houston event probably like in May, 2020, I think when the, when the magic, Fest was going to be there, and I know that they had the online NoobCon was scrying, and I missed that. So I think there's some people that maybe played just as much, especially the people that played this past weekend, um, you know, at the scrying event in New Jersey. So I don't know if I've played the most, but I've definitely thought about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's like so. I look through the scrying, like I'll, I'll link it in the blog, but the if you go to the old school blog, the scryings is like listed there, right? And I look through those cards, and I'm like, I know what some of them do, uh, probably minus, like, the Mirage Block stuff, because, like, it's kind of got out at that point. But um, you, you've come up with a bunch of different decks. Let's talk – we can talk about your deck that you played at this most recent Strikings event, which yeah. I'm not going to – I think uh, All Things Considered came out today, so right. I don't need, really feel like I need to rehash any of that stuff. But I want to ask this question. How good was the pizza at this pizza place? Like, was it oh. decent? Well, you know, I, I – like, I, w- I would say the pizza was nothing to nothing to write home about. It was like special fancy pizzas. So like their specialty pizza was like a like a what was it like a white sauce bacon pizza, Alfredo bacon. It's so like it's like closer to the California pizza kitchen style pizza than like what you'd normally expect at out of like Jersey, New York. Yeah, because there's you know the pizza up here is like way better than I ever thought. You know, there's a place where where we play trivia every week and they have really good pizza. So this place we played at. The pizza was good. It just wasn't what you'd expect from a New York, New Jersey pizza place. So. Okay. Interesting take. The I was just curious. Like, If I didn't live so far away, I almost wanted to fly just for the pizza alone. Because that's <laughs> the one thing I miss here on the West Coast is like good East Coast pizza. But yeah, it was um, Tell me about – just talk, talk through your deck. And then like you've played Scryings before this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you, I guess like my, kind of my first question after you're done talking through your deck is, uh, did you come up, did, is this just a deck that you wanted to play or is this a deck that you wanted to win with? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely a good question because yeah. And actually I think, I think, um, the all things considered podcast, I think I was interviewed by Andy before this was probably like a month and a half ago when he's first sure. announced the event, he, he asked basically everybody like, what do you think is going to happen? You know, what do you think other people are going to play? What do you think about scryings? And. You know, I came into this format. The last time I played Scryings was at the the WinCon in Italy back in September, and that one, you know, I was trying to win. You know, like it's the Scryings champion, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna play the the best deck I can, or at least one of the best decks that I had the cards to build. Uh, this time, I was like, oh, you know, it's it's a little smaller event, casual, but there's nothing really to try and win. I was just gonna play a deck that I wanted to play. Originally, like I said, I wanted to play Power Artifact because I just picked up some. Japanese assault monoliths. Maybe the Japanese. I don't know what, what language they are. They're, they're, they're black border. They're foreign. That's like kind of what my collection is at this point. 
Uh, and I was like, oh, I'll do that. But then I played the two-headed giant thing back in November. So I was like, I yeah, play power artifact. I was like, I don't need to play power artifact again. Let's play something else. And then so, that's when I started looking through the thing again and realized that a lot of those birds are white. And so they work with Crusade. And then just I just did a one one quick second search on what birds are actually in old school. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when I found the Osai Vultures, which if I hadn't found that card, it would, I just don't, there's not enough creatures to support like the full mono white birds. You'd probably be playing like Birds of Paradise or Zephyr Falcon or something with birds. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to play, I'm always, I've always been partial to tribal strategies. Like I play Merfolk in Modern a lot, you know, where you just play like a bunch of Lords and they all pump each other and then you kill people really fast and they're not expecting it. And the, the birds deck did basically as close as I've seen of a deck being able to do that in old school. Like, you know, I've tried goblins, I've tried merfolk in old school, and they just don't quite have that snowball effect of, like, you get two pieces out and you run away with it. Whereas, you know, you get a Crusade and a Soraya out, and now every bird you play is a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, three threes are pretty big in old school. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, yeah I like... I wasn't trying to win. I was... And, and you know, the way that with the, the format was set up, it was gentlemen's rules, no library, no mind twist. So, right. you know, with that in mind, it's like, yeah, we're just here to have fun. I'm going to play... A bunch of white creatures and, and a couple of blue power. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, j- for those who are listening, I'm going to link his blog in the show notes. So you can just go look at his list. Uh, but it, it is like Burb Tribal and it's with blue blue power splash, black splash for demonic tutor and one other thing. Um, just, was there, did I put another black card in the board? I think like, it's just demonic okay. tutor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on. I'm, I, I have your blog pulled yeah. up. I considered playing terror, but I don't think it made it in. And... Yeah, it's just a monitor. Okay. It's just a monitor. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't get through listening to all things considered, but what it so you've played scryings before? Did you? I when I looked at through scryings, I'm like, okay, red green. That's what I would have played for obvious yeah. reasons. Uh, but it looks like it like that. Those two colors get like quite a lot of help out of scryings. Did you? What did you think the meta was going to look like, or like th- how did it line up well with what your preconception was? What showed up? You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, I would say it was probably pretty close to what I was expecting, which is just a lot of people find a couple of cards they want to play from Scryings. And the other thing was you had to play eight Scryings cards right. at all times in your deck. So, you know, the best way to do that is to play cards like River Boa or Dwarven Miner or Wildfire and say any of these like creatures that you can easily put four in your deck, uh, Goblin Vandal, Goblin Tinker. There's just so many red and green cards in, in Scryings that it supports. So, and also it's a kind of a card availability thing where for the decks that are actually really good because of Scryings, like the Time Vault Twiddle deck, because you get Emerald Charm, like, well, you know, who actually owns four Time Vaults other than people that already play that deck? I right, yeah. <laughs> I can't play that deck. Or, and, and some of the other, you know, if you're playing like a full control deck with you know, Sacred Mesa as your kill card, otherwise it's like most people don't play the deck anyway. So I'm not expecting the people to play like Creatureless Control Sacred Mesa kill. Like, that's just not something I expect people to play. Uh, and I'd also expected, you know, probably a lot less of the workshop decks that, that people love to play workshops, but there's just not a good reason to to play workshops with the Scryings cards. There's no good new artifacts and people want to try something new. So if you're going to play workshops, you'd basically be playing, you know, maybe maybe Latinam's Legacy. Maybe and some, like Jester's Caps or some shit. Yeah, like, maybe, maybe something else. Latinam's Legacy and maybe, like, I don't know, you play, like, Undiscovered Paradise or something. I don't know. Tithe. Tithe is a card you can probably fit into your workshop deck if you want to. But yeah, so like I wouldn't expect any like workshops or the the heavier combo decks. So I was just expecting a lot more just people playing creatures, Imperial Armor, uh, River Boa, Natural Order, those types of decks. So the the modes make sense then, because um, you just cut them off. The uh. Okay, so what do you think, having played this much Scryings, what do you think the best decks in Scrying is right now? Um, I still think it's probably the the Time Vault deck. Um, it just has a little bit more resiliency than the Power Artifact deck. I think specifically for the event where you couldn't play Mind Twist, the Power Artifact, deck, Power Artifact deck's a lot better, since you can okay. just hold the combo in your hand and never have to worry about them taking it. Yeah, I guess people could play Stupor, but otherwise, you know, you could just go off all in one turn, especially with City of Solitude. But I think just being able to play out your combo pieces and not have to have double blue up, plus 
the counter spell makes the time vault deck slightly better. Uh, though you are more likely to fail when you have the combo. So okay. I think those are the two best decks. Um, the other decks I think are, that are really good, I think, like the deck I played in Italy for for WinCon was like a red, green, blue, um, just burn deck. You know, 12 bolts sure. with river boas and various Uktavi orangutan, Man of War, and Goblin Vandal, that type of stuff, which I thought was very strong, um, especially considering, you know, people there were just playing their normal Swedish robots decks. It's like, well, you have Utabi orangutan. Yeah. Yeah. Get booked. <laughs> yeah. Even though I lost to it, but that's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. It was like it, that, that deck felt like, you know, you can play all the good cards, all the good power cards and in a way that, that some of the other combo decks don't like some of the combo decks can't really afford to be playing wheel of fortune or, or, um, balance or whatever. There's like the, the five, the, you know, the 12 bolt rug deck could play all of that stuff. No problem. Sure. Um, man, that was all my good questions. Here's another kind of okay question. The, like, what new, like, deck archetype does Scryings allow? So we have the Time Vault deck, which comes with, uh, the Emerald Charm, right? Uh, and then you can play, like, Stormbind, like, I think there's, like, probably Sturbine, Zern Orb, like, mm -hmm. decks like that. What else is available out of Scryings, like, what do they, what does it open up that doesn't happen in old school? Like, there's the idea of like just taking an old school deck and making it better, and then yep. there's the idea that there's a new deck. Yeah, I think um, the the ones that are kind of new decks, you know, I guess birds counts. It's not. I think it counts. I, th I think it's fair. Yeah, um, Jocko Hops is is probably a big one. That's a, that's a deck that you have Jocko Hops. There's a lot of good red cards you can play. You get pillage. You get a few more um, red burn spells if you want. Uh, you have like wildfire emissary. So your Jocko Hops deck can be be pretty strong and it's something that um is actually i always expect that to be played a lot more because i think it's pretty strong if you know what you're mm -hmm. building right and so i feel like one of the cards that i like to play a lot more in scryings um than i do in normal old school is, is blue elemental blast i think yeah <laughs> there's a lot of really good red cards in scryings and blue elemental blast is just just so so nice against those um I guess some of the other decks that I would say are are new decks you can play, like the the Natural Order deck. Um, there's a lot of different ways to go with that. Um, Pox Pox is a deck that that people can play, and I guess the, there's also what uh, Dance of the Dead, which you know Reanimator is sort of a thing in old school, but it's a lot it's a lot more of a thing in in Scryings when you have eight reanimation spells. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like playing Reanimator and like regular lot. old school is pretty tough both tough on the pocketbook and tough to pull off yeah. uh it's like one of my few wins on the winter derby um i just lost to it on the winter derby uh, yesterday actually which like i just drew all lands it was just like <laughs> kind of embarrassing but yeah what's what, let me ask you one more question then let's talk through derby uh if you if you want i don't are you still alive for a topic I'm, yeah i'm i'm five and two i got one match left so could okay you? i'll Sneaking. I'll hold on. I'll hold off on that question then. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> the uh, I, I'm playing, playing against uh, Seth, and we both know each other. What Joe's playing, so it's not a big deal. Oh, okay. All right. What What's your next deck going to be in Scrying? So that's kind of my last Scrying's question. Yeah. So I played against the guy playing Imperial Armor um, with. He had Imperial Armor and Undiscovered Paradise to kind of like yes keep cards in his hand, and I started thinking more about it. And I was like, actually, you know, because he was playing like red, green, white. And I was thinking maybe he just played green, white with like a Quirion Ranger and Tithe as ways to like get cards in your hand. Because you can just yep. pick up Forest with Quirion Ranger and then your Imperial Armors are big. And then just play like, you know, evasive guys. You could play like Riverboa. You put on your Birds of Paradise, which is pretty good. And then also maybe some of like the, the pro red Falcon or the pro black Falcon to get around removal so imperial armor is like a green white deck like that i think could be my next scrying's deck otherwise i would probably think i would play a uh probably just like a, a sacred mesa control deck i think that's something to to explore we talked a little bit about it like like what's the best way to do this like max out the sacred mesas and figure out a way to just kill them really fast you know What's better than playing Jane Day Tome and drawing, you know, eight cards every turn when you can just make six kill people. Yeah. 16 uh, 
Pegasus and then they're dead. So um, I think those would be probably my two. I would probably lean towards trying out the uh, Imperial Army deck to make, make Savannah better. Make Savannah yeah, real quick. Yeah, make Savannah okay. make it to a card. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna play uh, Green White in my next two events. So hopefully I'm gonna I'm not gonna make Savannah a card, but I'm at least gonna play the ones that I have. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Winter Derby. Uh, I I have done what I normally do and gone uh, like three and five. So okay. about about average for me. About average. Yeah. Uh, obviously you've done much better, which is to be expected. Uh, what are you playing? Um, I'm playing kind of just like a. A, re-de- a remix of the deck I played at the Eternal Weekend um, event. It's just like a ATOG deck with Sedge Trolls. So um, nice. okay. it's it's something I've, I've started tinkering around with playing ATOG in in four strip formats to be able to play ATOG with main deck City in a bottle as like additional ways to to land screw them. You know, you, you can get their City of Brass in the library. And if decks are playing a lot of City of Brass, you can play the City of Bottle in addition to your Strip Mines and keep them under Black Vice. Um, yeah, actually, just to get to my reanimator opponent this last round, you know, I was just drawing a bunch of land, but I had two Black Vice in play and a City in a Bottle, and he had six cards in his hand, and he couldn't play any of them because they were either, like, Swords to Plowshares or City of Brass that he couldn't play. And so he started taking damage, and, and I thought I might actually steal the game until he drew balance, but, yeah. <laughs> It happens. It happens. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but yeah, just like the idea that like sometimes you, you do get to play City in a Bottle and really put that extra screws on their mana along with the four strip mines. So I don't know if it's, I don't think it's necessarily the best way to build an ATOG deck, but it's definitely not a bad way to build it. Um, and I just really like ATOG a lot because of how strong Time Twister and Wheel of Fortune are in those decks. and I think if you can make your deck be the best at those, you have such a leg up on every other deck in the format that, that either can't play them or has to like side them out against you while you get to keep them yeah. in. Yeah, I played uh I played a Sedge Troll deck. Uh I was just in Vegas for an event that I'm gonna talk about with the guys later. But the I played Sedge Troll, like just kind of like black red Sedge Troll with like uh rook eggs and shit like that. Yeah. And made a t- very poor choice and just like transitional sideboard into ATOG, uh, which is just, I don't know. I can't play either deck well, so playing both together was not great. Um, but yeah, I like kind of, I feel like I want to, I should have put the City of Brass in, or not City of Brass, um, sitting in a bottle in uh, as my, one of my sideboard cards. It makes sense what you're saying. And now yeah. I know for when I build it in the future. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, it's obviously fine to play a main deck when you have ATOGs because you can just sack it to ATOG later. Right. And, you know, at first I played it with white instead of black and played Savannah Lions instead of Sedge Trolls, which was a lot more bird heavy. Uh, and it was fine, but, like, not having the Mind or Mind Twist is just real bad, especially when you have uh, the draw sevens. So put it in Sedge Trolls. It's been pretty happy. Like, I've been able to win some games with Sedge Troll that I didn't think, you know, I don't think any other card would have won me those games it's been pretty pretty impressive there uh one downside though is that you're a lot weaker to circle protection red uh with four trolls sure. four togs four lightning bolts people bring that in and, and you have to have a way to deal with it and if you're not playing the white cards you can't disenchant it so i i've been playing two gloom in the sideboard which did did win me a match against cop red so nice. i don't like gloom's not a card i don't really think is strong enough but Specifically, if you have to beat COP Red, I think it's it's fine. Yeah, I think in a one strip, I would just spl- like splash white and just play disenchant. You know, when I'm not so not, I'm only playing one city of brass because of my own city in a bottle. It's like makes sense. Yeah. Card splash. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think in four strip, you're, I think you get value in playing less colors. Because mm-hmm. like I mean like. I people get away with playing like three and four color decks in four strips, but like sometimes I just get punished. But yeah, I'm trying to find a way to play colorless cards, and so playing stuff like Relic Barrier and City yep. of Bottle and stuff, you can just cast off of an off color mox and a strip mine if you don't need the strip mine right away. Um, and that's something that I like, I like, you know, even so far as to maybe play Alia Pile in the sideboard if you need extra damage instead of a colored spell, but. Uh, I got blown out with uh, Aoli, the old Aoli pile uh, yeah. during the derby here. Yeah, got fucking. I was playing mono, playing some mono white uh, deck. I, 
I'll list these people off in the credits, but like, and they brought in aioli piles, and I like just couldn't fucking win with all my orders. Just couldn't win. Uh, it just it just beats the order. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. good times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, this will actually be a nice short episode because I don't want to keep you up late. Uh, no. What else? What else do you want to talk about? Anything else? Um. Yeah, I got some stuff on the on my mind, but trying yeah. to save it. I'm trying to save it for like a blog post. I haven't quite okay expanded it out, but but it's basically you know how people run tournaments and, and what's the what's the goal of running a tournament. Um, really, it's just like mainly a rant against doing like Swiss plus one. Uh, I also Ooh. think I also think really tra- okay. I, I, yeah, like I don't like Swiss plus one. I I think you should have a top eight playoff or a top four playoff or something. I think there's a lot of drama and value of that. Um, I understand that there's like time considerations and not everyone gets to play, but I think I think you can be creative. There's creative solutions to to these issues that I'm still, you know, I've got a, a long blog post I've been like trying to work on for like a couple of weeks now, and it may take a while to get it out, but that's going to be basically the idea is like other other ways to do formats because we're not beholden to anything, you know, in the in the underground as they say. We don't have sure. to do Swiss torments if we don't want to. We don't have to do anything if we want. So, um, but one idea that, that I was kind of floating at at this scrying event is if you do Swiss minus one. What does that What does that mean? Like, so the recommended number of Swiss rounds is based on ensuring that everyone with X one would make a top eight playoff. Okay. But if you've ever played like a competitive event where there's a, a top eight, generally that last round people are just intentionally drawing into the top eight so like yes. that last round didn't need to happen to make it to make that top eight and so it's basically where do you want to shift the the feel bad on the tiebreakers like is it the x2 that didn't make the top eight after the swiss rounds or is it the x1 that missed out on the top eight after swiss minus one and i don't think there's really a, a, a any reason to, to do that and if you save that time from that extra round that gives you an extra time to play your top eight um, that's just that's the thinking there, and I think it's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of value to have a top eight, and I think definitely like people either want to watch it or you know be a part of it. Um, that's something that when I was in in Italy for the WinCon, they had the three events in three days, which is a lot of fun, and like each of them had their top eight, and like there was people, you know, there's probably a dozen people watching the finals of any particular tournament, and right. it's it, it makes it feel a little more special than just we played some rounds of magic and here's the standings. Um, you, make, say- you make a good argument. Like yeah. I, I would say before you said that I was, I, I was uh, talking to Brian Vexo uh, and I was like, dude, I'm like, even if this tournament just like, if we, we all showed up in Vegas, right. I'm like, if, if you didn't have a tournament and like, let's say something broke and you just couldn't run a tournament. Yeah. If you just said, Hey guys, uh, just play. And then when you win, find somebody who has the same record as you and just keep playing until we hit five games. Yeah. Like people probably wouldn't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. That's definitely a way to do it. And I think probably one of the easiest ways to do a tournament um, is to just do Swiss an undetermined amount until you have one winner. Yeah. But that's that's my biggest issue with a lot of these structures is that there's never like a match that somebody's playing for the win. For the, for the win. And, yeah. and sometimes there is, but sometimes there's not. Like this last one, you know, there was somebody got paired down. And one, somebody got like paired up in one, and so like there was a three-way tie at the top of the standings, and now it's on tiebreakers. Whereas like, you know, if you stopped it around before, you would have had a clear winner or a clear cut the top eight, and like playing extra rounds doesn't help decide that. So having the match where people know that they're playing for the win, I think is uh is high drama. It's uh, something to to strive for. Okay, all right, I'm in on it. Like I I look forward to reading your blog post about it. We'll say that. Okay, yeah. What's your next event? Um, my next event, there's the Alter Ante in York, Pennsylvania in March. That's, You're going to uh, drive down for it? I, I might. I, it's only like two two hours away, so it's it's close enough. Uh, it's just like I don't know how what else I'm doing. I, I'm supposed to go to Dallas in later in March for the Hunter Burton Memorial Open, yep. play modern, play vintage or whatever they have going on there so if if it if the travel lines up i'll probably try to go to both um you know priorities with the hunter burton it's a tournament i've been playing every year for 10 years now and you know um it's it's a good cause and it's like a good excuse to go back 
to Texas and see my friends. But, uh, you know, hopefully I can play the alter ante as well. I actually have a, a spreadsheet I made to calculate the value of my deck for the for the ante requirements on that. I don't know if you've looked at the the requirements of it, but it's it's pretty fun. To, I've to I've listened to it. I have not looked into it because I know I can't go out that weekend. So yeah, yeah. basically, you know, it's just like trying to get your deck below seven thousand dollars and and building that way because that's that's the maximum. Uh, you know, hitting the minimum is easy unless you just because you're not actually playing for ante. So like, why not? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun to like see like exactly like oh you're like man I could play underground C. But I can also just play City of Brass. It's like cost half as much and is just as good in a lot of yeah, these. The value. It's, it's the value bet. Or something else. So uh, that's probably my next event. Um, and then I haven't seen too much on the on the calendar up in this area up until you know after that. But I'm sure there'll be something that pops up. And yeah. I see. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, are you gonna come out? Are you going to go any further? Are you going to go to Europe at all this year? Are you going to do WinCon again? No, probably not. I was it was really just kind of a fluke that I was in WinCon where like I was already planning on going to Europe that okay. weekend. And <laughs> for my wife, my wife had a conference in Germany and I was like going to go hang out with her. And I was like, well, actually, I'll just go to Italy instead and play Magic for three days while you're in They're your basically the same place. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. yeah. And so, you know, it was like if I hadn't been that, I wouldn't have gone. But um, I probably don't plan on going to Europe or anything bigger this year i don't know it depends it really depends on, on a lot of things but you know i'll probably try and get to lobster con uh for sure and then yeah um yeah i don't know it depends on what's out there you know okay fair enough if then people want to invite me or maybe i'll make it i don't know <laughs> all right dude how about you you, you gonna come out this way anytime at all or i i want to come out for lobster con but i don't know if i have enough uh pto because i yeah. burned it all when i first got hired like a yeah. fucking idiot so not an idiot but I, I, i'm in kind of same spot at my new job it's like like i went from working for the state uh texas dot where like plenty of time off lots yeah. of holidays and it's like now i'm working private sector stuff and it's like oh i don't have nearly as much time off i don't have nearly as many holidays it's uh you know at least the hours are still fine, but it's like, I really just need to, to take off. But they're pretty flexible about when I do my hours. So maybe I'll be able to just work extra during the week and take off a Friday to go up to the Lobster Con and play, play pre-modern, which... Yeah. yeah. I, my take on pre-modern, it's, it's a great format that I just don't give a fuck about. Like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't get into it. I, the, there's guys here who love it. I can't fucking do it. I just don't... I don't know. It doesn't hit the hit the. That's nerve. that's fair. Yeah, I think that's how like Simon talks about. It. He's like, yeah, that's not nostalgic for me. It's like for me, it's pretty pretty nostalgic. It's way more sure. nostalgic than normal old school, uh, and the games are a lot of fun. It's just you know the Austin guy has been doing all those middle school leagues, which yeah, I find I find to be much much more compelling uh, as far as deck building. Um, but you know, as far as like if you're gonna have a big tournament, pre modern is probably a great tournament to have. Like, there's a lot of good tournament level decisions you make for for your decks so yeah i like my problem is like uh with my i have like a set schedule so mm. like i either work a weekend or i don't work a weekend the weekends so. i don't work i work the monday before and or the friday before and the monday after so oh. i really just have the saturday sunday so i'm like forced into taking pto like kind of if i ever want to do something so yeah 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 it's been it's been nice living on the east coast especially you know i'm 30 minutes from newark airport so yeah. I can get pretty much anywhere on a friday if i need to uh, get out um especially on the east coast you get the time zone helping you out so um yeah I'll, i'm yeah i'll hopefully be able to make some other events uh for sure definitely want to get back to houston the next time they do something there i really wanted to go this last one but uh i want to pressure simon into holding like a big event and just keep poking him about it yeah yeah well i i I always told them that you know because they did this thing where they had old school on on saturday and then vintage on sunday or was it the other way around i don't know which one it was uh with the austin guys but it was like hey y'all just need to have the the team event you know you have three person teams one's old school one's vintage one's middle school like sure and i will be there like i will i will play on your team i'll play any of the seats i'll probably have to be playing the middle school seat or whatever (laughs) Uh, or, or vintage but yeah i'll convince mark and then we'll find a third to come up and lose a bunch it'll be fun yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so hopefully they'll put that on. That's that's what I want. I'm in on that. All right, we'll I'll start a campaign in the Discord to uh, yeah. yeah to get that going. Team trios. Maybe maybe since it's a trio thing, maybe um maybe you guys the Alamo City can can throw their name in as like a a co-host. So you have three hosts for the three the three events. Ooh. The three format. Do we do it? But do we do it in Dallas so that like neither <laughs> so that nobody neutral. so that nobody it's like neutral <laughs> neutral ground. No, they can do their own thing. That's always how it's been in Texas, right? Like. Oh. Like even back in like 2001, it was like the Houston and Austin guys were all together. The San Antonio people were were around and kind of you kind of knew them. And then like the Dallas guys were on their own planet. And like just, who I like every time I go there, we're like like for like an SCG, I'd be like who the fuck are these people? Like so many people, and yeah, it's it's been that way for you know as long as I can remember playing Magic in Texas. They're they're their own world. You know they think they're they think they're good and then like they come down to Austin and Houston and lose to the, the Austin and Houston players and yes. just get sucks. fucking stomped. This is for the for the audience. We're talking like uh, I'll put quote hands real magic like competitive magic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And for for those of you who've never been in Texas, like Houston is about two hours from San Antonio, and then Austin is like forty five minutes or an hour ish away from San Antonio. So like. Houston, Austin, San Antonio kind of make a triangle, for lack of a better term. And then Dallas is like four fucking hours away. Yeah. It's basically a separate state. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of what happens is, at least, I mean, I don't play it. I haven't played competitively in a very long time. I wasn't good enough anyhow. But, like, that's my understanding. It's, like, pretty, everybody knows everybody. Like, all the competitive players kind of know each other from those three states and then, or three cities. And then Dallas is kind of, like, fucking out there. Yeah, you know, it's changed a lot. Like, you know, back in 2000s, it was like you knew everybody anyway because there was just not that many people. But then, you know, by the 2015, you didn't know anybody anywhere because there was just like 10 times as many people playing the events. But, um, yeah, it's always been Dallas is a so thing. Even even when you knew people that, like, used to live in Houston and moved to Dallas, like, you just would never see them again. <laughs> They'd be all like, with their own friends. Like, hey, man, what you? unless there was an event in Dallas and you'd see them, you know, once once a season you'd see everybody in Dallas. It's like okay, because they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't drive down to Austin for events for some reason because they got they could drive up to Oklahoma City or, or yeah OKC is not that bad of a drive from from Dallas. Yeah, they could drive up Arkansas or or even sometimes they'll, like those people can go up to they get to go play the Lubbock events or which, oh, that's a drive. Oh. Yeah, I, I did that once. I did the twelve hours from Houston to Lubbock. One the PTQ and Good. and then drove back and it's like oh. That wasn't so bad. So foolishly, I did it again. And no. Did not win the PTQ and then said never again. <laughs> if if I had to go, even like, so like Lubbock is like eight hours-ish from San Antonio. I've done that drive before uh, yeah. for like powerlifting stuff. Dude, I would fucking fly. I'd be like, cool, just get me a fucking just, uh, I'd pay like the hundred bucks for a charter and just. Yeah, just just find a way to get there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just rent a car or whatever. Not, not, not anywhere close to anything. It's such a flat drive, like, when you just, like, go out, and you're just, like, on 10, and you just keep driving, you just, like, never, you just turn off at one point, and that's it. Fucking sucks. Yeah. All right, dude. What, el- what else we got? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. We can end it here. I just, I always want to just make sure that you get to say whatever you want to say. No, I don't, I don't think there's anything I, like, I'm dying to say, really. Like you said, I got that, that tournament stuff. Um... I'm interested to hear I about scryings. I guess that's the thing, you know, people should run more scryings events. And I know it's tough to convince people to like buy these cards, even though they're not worth anything. Yeah. And, the uh, most expensive card is like a juggernaut. You don't even have to play that. Yeah. You don't have to play dreadnought. You don't have to play tie. You definitely don't have to play tie. Like it's just like a nice card, you know, is like, tie expensive. I haven't looked on. It's like 25, 30 bucks, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It's not like, outrageously, but like compared to, Literally, like, any of these other cards that are, like, probably less than a dollar. Like, yeah. I think every card is less than a dollar except, like, Falling Glaciers, Tithe, and um, Juggernaut, or Dreadnought. Maybe Pox is something. I don't know. But, oh, I doubt it. But even, like, most of the, everything I think I think except for Dreadnought has a Gold Border reprint. Like, I have Gold Border, Falling Glaciers, and I uh, have Gold Border posts and stuff. Yeah. And I think Tithe is Gold Border, too, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's even some of these like some of them are are even uh, time shifted like enduring renewal. Uh, sure. It's a purple orchestra librarian. Like there's stuff you can find copies. So. 
I'm interested now after uh, seeing some of the deck lists that Andy posted. I think like uh, I don't know. I think it's worth a, a tournament. We'll see if it's a Swiss plus one or Swiss minus one tournament at some point. But <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say if you're doing Swiss plus one, you should just do Swiss. Like I don't that that's I think is clear enough. But um, unless you just want to play an extra round, which that's the the best argument for any of these things is like people want are here to play Magic, so let's play another round. I, I like what if we, everybody just played everybody once, no sideboards, sixty yeah. cards, just round robin. round robin. Fuck it. I, I do think I do think round robin needs to be considered more, especially for for smaller for events. small ones for twenty like, people or less. The, round robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen games, single. 19. No, no sideboard. Yeah, no sideboards. You just shuffle and go. Nineteen. Nineteen's still a lot, right? I guess it's like it's what like. Almost seven rounds of magic. Eh, okay. Yeah. You can probably I, get away with it. That was my quick math. I'm not, but again, yeah. I'm uh, not no, that great I'm, at math. I definitely am going to include a section in my blog post about round robin. So I'll, I'll keep in mind that you can do that with uh, just game one decks, no sideboard, which I, I like. I love a lot of playing like no sideboard magic. Like the next two events, I'm going no sideboard just because, like, A, I'm not good at them, but B, mm-hmm. like, I don't really, fi- I guess I just don't care that much. Yeah. Yeah, I like, like I definitely appreciate what sideboarding does for Magic. Um, I think it's definitely one of the reasons I have a lot of success is being a lot better at sideboarding than other people, at least. And I'm not like, you know, I I have special or different philosophies on sideboard than like even the best players. But sure. just having a having a plan is a lot better than like so many people that that gets you ahead. But I, I you know I love playing the um like the the bring three decks no sideboard, you know, unified constructed thing. I love that format a lot. That's a, that's something I like. Uh, so yeah, just finding, but it, you know, it favors certain decks when you don't have sideboards. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 100%. Cause like you could just, there's some decks you just can't beat without sideboard. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll save that for later. That's we'll come back around to that one. Yeah, definitely. Without, yeah. All right. I'll wait for the blog post. Yeah. Okay. All right, dude. Yeah. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your night. I look forward to seeing more of your mail po- mail posts in the Discord. I'm always interested to see what your guys what yeah, you're getting. Kind of like I've kind of like got everything I need. <laughs> That's I a, kind of feel that way, but like I'm I'm missing a bunch of like key stuff. But I'm also just like, when am yeah, I gonna have time to play it? Yeah, stuff is like like there's stuff I like would like to have like like the top of the list. I mean maybe Juzams, maybe Guardian Beasts. Um, maybe three more time vaults and then there's stuff that like i would like to upgrade like you know maybe i should get some beta land urls or beta source of plowshares or something but it's like not not in any rush to do any of that so you know like last year i was able to pick up the stuff i needed i got my last bazaar and my four workshops and nice so now it's like i can pretty much make anything i want that's not juzans but like that's he's not even that good like he's not that good right like i feel like if you want to play mono black in under swedish rules you need him Mm -hmm. but if you're playing mono black under ec or atlantic rules i don't think he's i don't think he's worth the squeeze like uh because he definitely eats the first piece of removal that somebody has but i don't know yeah i just think that like the way those decks build themselves these days where you're like you're not playing dark ritual and if you're not playing dark ritual i think he gets even better Whereas, like, if you were playing, like, Man Acceleration with Dark Ritual, it's like, oh, yeah, you can just get away with Singer Vampire and, and, like, Hit Not Expector or whatever and drain lives. But if you're, not play, if you're not playing Dark Ritual, like, you really just need the most efficient thing, and it, it's Juzam. So yeah, maybe if I can find them cheap, maybe prices will come down. Like, Dude, price, it's one thing, the one thing that's nice is prices have come down, like, these last couple months. Like, uh, I have to basically replace my chimney. Otherwise, I would have picked up a couple of things because apparently chimneys are fucked up. Uh, so, let me tell you, it's going to cost me like six Library of Alexandria's to replace just the top three feet of my chimney. Oh wow! Like the part that sticks out, huh? Like, yeah, basically from the roof line up. Uh, yeah. And because like I was talking to Brian Urbano, and he's like, "Hey, I know you're looking for a library," and I was like, "I was looking for a library." <laughs> was was now i'm not or, which is very sad owning a house fucking sucks uh that's all there is to it sold our house we moved up here we'll sure. move to buy a house soon but the market seems like it's calmed down a bit but you know everything's twice as expensive here as texas so 
kind that's, of that's that's what we ran into um like my place like we had a house in san antonio that was 1600 square foot new build we paid like mid three low three for it and it's like inside the 410 loop sure um like right across from the hospitals and we bought a 1950s house we bought like basically like from the original owner mm-hmm. it's 2000 square foot but it's from the 1950s uh and it cost us like upper sixes oh wow okay yeah. like it's it's no joke like uh it's no joke out here with the yeah. housing prices it's fucking insane yeah there's there's stuff like it, jersey's weird because it all depends on like where in jersey you are and it's yeah like, yeah especially where we're at we're a little further out from the northern stuff kind of central-ish and so like if you're near a train stop it's like an extra yeah. hundred thousand on on top of your what you would normally expect to pay for the house and then some of these towns are just like they're not real towns they're just train stop towns and, mm-hmm. and just neighborhoods and it's like that's not really what we want so we, we found that like the area where we're at where we're renting is nice so it's probably just going to get something here um if we can find something but yeah like nothing's going to beat our deal we had in, in college station where we had like 2200 square feet for like just over 200 and yeah yeah <laughs> and, and, like, like we made we made a, like you know we, even when we sold it like when we moved it was you know, we made like eighty thousand off of it because because it was like peak of the everyone yeah. was buying everything. It's like, oh, this is a good time to sell, and now it's like, okay, I think I think it's calmed down. So, yeah, it's just like a matter of holding out on like the um, the interest rates on the mortgages, right? So, I don't yeah. know. My wife's much smarter about this, so yeah. I leave all this up to her. Yeah, and I guess I don't I don't really know. Like the VA loan, right? Does does do stuff with the the interest rate? Oh, that's that's right. You have VA. Like I we're on VA too because that's how we can afford yeah. this, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how that works. My okay. wife could probably explain it to you, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know I know when we bought our house, it was it was great because like we didn't need any money down. And at the time we had like Bingo. no down payment. It's like now we yep. do have like down payment because we sold the house, but if I don't have to put it down, I don't want to, you know, like. Exactly. So better better uses for that. Buy some Juzams or something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, like, or you could like use it to invest money into the property that you buy, right? Like, and just, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if you need, if you have questions about that, just message. I mean, there's plenty of smart people out there, but like, uh, my wife could probably answer that question because she's bought, she's effectively bought both of these houses. Any house we've ever bought, she has done the work, and I just go to the signing and do this until she tells me to stop. That's great. It's good to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's. If you're asking who the smarter person is in this relationship, <laughs> it's 100. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just now finding like a real doctor to go to. I'm like, oh, I should probably have like a PCP. I'm 38. Should probably figure that out. Yeah, yeah. We need to find it like a dentist up here. It's like, yeah. need need to do that. Yeah, I know. Adult things the worst. Mm-hmm. Pull, my, pull my own teeth. Yeah. All right, dude. I yeah. will. Uh, I will just, we need to continue this conversation, but we need to do it at some point. We just got, after the blog post, I want to talk to you about these tournament structures thing. That's really got my mind cranking over. Uh, Obviously, you've thought about it more than I have, but. Yeah, well, that's just the thing is I've been thinking about it a lot for a lot of years, just as part of like playing Grand Prix. It's like, this is really the best way to do it. And then, and then it's just like, we have a lot of opportunity here to do something different. And we should at least think about it. And I'm going to. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna stop hit. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop recording right now. But okay. then I want to ask you a question about Grand Prix. But it's, yeah. Off. Okay. And stop. Yeah. Tell me about like, this is not old school stuff. We're just talking fucking like magic. So. All right, yeah. Go. Yeah. So like I said, I've I've played the regional championship in Atlanta. Just really. Basically, I, I played one RCQ, the, the basically the qualifying tournament that gets you the regional right. championship, which I and I won it. Like it was kind of a fluke. I, I they put they printed new Murpho cards in modern. I went to go play the new Murpho cards at the event. I was like, oh, I have nothing to do today, and I won the event. And I was like, oh, well, one, I learned that Murpho cards are pretty good, uh, which kind of surprised me. And two, like, like now I had this opportunity to go to the regional championship, which I, you know, this is the first one. People are still kind of figuring it out. And I need to see like if this is something I still want to pursue because it's been mm-hmm. it's been three years since I was trying to play these pro tours uh, back you know back in 2020 2019 that's I was 
qualified for like all of them before the pandemic. And so it's like, do I still want to do this? So I'm like, I'm going to go to the regional championship and I'm going to do this. But preparing for the tournament. So one, the tournament was pioneer only. There was no drafting. There was no. Okay. No so like three, three decks that are viable, right? Like mono green, red, black, and something else. Yeah. Uh, Lotus field or, okay. Yeah. There's like, there's like five or six decks, but, um, but I, like, I had connections from, you know, my time on the pro tour before. And so I got into with a group that was working on it. They were mostly just working on mono green, but you know, it was like a good experience of, of testing, but it was also like pioneer really sucks. I would never recommend anybody to play it. But beyond that, it was like the tournament itself had such a bad structure where, you know, it was nine rounds on day one, which is mm-hmm. insane. But then they were only doing like three rounds on day two and then a top eight. So, and it was like, why are you? How doing... do they get a clear cut after like well, nine they, plus three? They, they did the, the cut would be like at, at X and two or whatever instead of at X and three or whatever you would normally expect for like a. Okay. A bigger event and so they announced that and people were like like literally at the player meeting people were like tweeting like this is insane how are they doing this like the one in europe it was happening the same weekend with you know maybe maybe like 200 fewer players had 15 full rounds it was nine and six like a normal grand yeah yeah yeah, normal stuff and and the the here that you know here they're like oh no we're not going to do that but they ended up somehow changing it during the player meeting from whatever it was it was going to be like 9 plus 2 to 9 plus 4 or 9 plus 3 i think it would be like 9 plus 4 so maybe it went from 9 plus 2 to 9 plus 4 they added at least one or two rounds it still was not what you wanted you still wanted to have six rounds to have right. have a normal thing and and it's like why are they doing it this way you know like what's the, what's the point and the point was that they wanted to finished the event by the time that the dream hack hall was closing which is where they were having it and i was like well if if you can't keep your if you can't run your tournament the way you want to because of the place you're at like why are you doing it here like why are you tying yourself to dream hack if you can't put on a good tournament and that's, well, that's the complaint didn't dream hack win the contract for the to host right yeah okay and, and they did that but then like i is i have a blog post on this uh you know if you go back and look it's like I figure what it's I'll, called. I'll find it and link it in there so I can. Yeah, some of the vaults in Atlanta. Uh, but it's like it felt like they didn't. That one, it felt like the magic part of DreamHack felt sort of separate from the rest of it. Yeah. It also felt like DreamHack was kind of like embarrassed about it because we were like in a separate room, like of the thing. There was like the hall, the main hall, and of all that, you could see the magic vendors, and there were some tables for like the side events. But then the main tournament, the regional championship, mm-hmm. was in like in another room. And they're like, oh, it's too loud if you have that in the main room or whatever. I was like, I don't know, man. These people playing StarCraft over here. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty loud. Yeah. Like, oh, well, it's dark. I don't know. It, it just did not feel like DreamHack cared that it's there. And it didn't feel like Magic was getting any benefits from DreamHack. Because they couldn't get people to come look at it. Because it was hidden in another room. So yeah. I don't really know why, why that's the case. Like, what is it? Are they saving on, like, convention center fees? Because now they don't have to rent it. You know, they can save it bundle it in with the rest of the hall i don't know it, it, it did not feel very great and then like i said it was pioneer only they didn't have enough rounds um and you know i i, I went oh and four separate story like didn't test very well picked up on deck whatever went oh and four but i was like all right i'll play the next day because they had a, a, a big super rcq the next day to qualify for the next regional championship sure. i was like sure it's out this way too yeah it's like san francisco or something yeah 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 uh, or put it, yeah, I think it is out there because the because the the pro tour is in Dallas, right? And then the or no, the pro tour is in Philly, and then I think the regional champ, next regional championship is Dallas, and then maybe the next pro tour is in San Francisco. I don't know. I listened to one like modern magic yeah. podcast, and it's um the one with Ross Miriam, and um I've met him a bunch of times. He lives in fucking he used to live in Dallas. Um, Tannen? Tan and Grace, yeah. yeah. I think he's in Austin now, but yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he moved to like Alabama or something. I don't know. No, he, he's yeah. from Louisiana, and then he's he's back in Austin now. I saw him at the regional championship, and we got it. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, but but so yeah, it was like okay, I'll I'll go play this next day super RCQ. It's like nine rounds. There's like prize in top thirty, like top thirty two. Gets like a 
gets money and like top 16 or top eight would qualify for the for the next regional championship which like oh, that's fine like i'll yeah. play this i played i played a different deck this time i went what six two and one i had a draw which you know okay and i was like oh this was kind of fun and it's like okay like i still like playing these these larger tournaments but like i have no interest in going to my local store to try and qualify for this again like like i don't want to go play an rcq at my store if there was a grand prix level event that i could go play like one of these super rcq right. i would do that and and so i i'm kind of still a wait and see on the current organized play um i liked some parts of it um most of it seems probably worse but i think that's to be expected like you can't go back to the way things were right i i don't think i'd ever i don't i won't ever go back to like constructed magic like real like modern pioneer standard but i would draft for fun yeah. or like semi-serious fun you know what i mean but yeah i, know, man. I, I, like I can't it. keep up with the cards i can't yeah, do it cards too it's a problem with, with all of it it's like nice that that oh, i guess you know you talk about what, what am i gonna buy cards soon the stuff i am working on is like it's finishing out like my pre-modern stuff so yeah that makes sense yeah like i have i have you know play set of everything through versus destiny now i okay. think uh there's maybe a few cards i'm missing in like stronghold i don't think i have like slitter queens but but it's like, ah, you know, I got to go through mass block and then invasion block. It's like these cards are like super easy to pick up. It's just like, when yep. am I going to sit down there and inventory my stuff and figure out what I need and then place the order? And, and you know, I'm obviously going to try and like find the cheapest copies and not, you know, not just click the button to get it all. But, um, you know, that's that's the stuff I'm, I'm working on my collection is getting getting at least through Scourge playsets done. It's, I just want you to know my collection is those two boxes right there. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I know. I like. I. I'm impressed. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I will say. I will but this say, is I, all I can handle. I can't fit here. Um, this box is just the. This is all the old school stuff. So nice. This is, okay. All right. Is, you got your corset, your legends, Raven Knights, Antiquities, Dark, Fallen Empires. That's it. I, I That's keep, all you need. I even keep the revised and the chronicles somewhere else because like. <laughs> In theory, I should never have to use that. Hopefully, like hopefully I never have to get a revised card in my deck except for um, my dual lands, which I guess I can upgrade those. You gotta, uh, you gotta like what I use. I I love playing fourth and revised because we mm. we play like a lot of anti, but like low stakes anti, right? So like, it, like I'm starting a league soon, and we're running like Alpha through Alliances, which is like probably like core like Eric Martin memories, mm-hmm. uh, and we're just I'm just like play fucking you can play whatever you want like if you want to throw moxes in there i probably wouldn't but you can yeah like i don't know and i love it because i fucking i don't sleep shit i fucking riffle shuffle that motherfucker and just mm-hmm. one off the top yeah i definitely like like having my revised and my chronicles and my fourth edition stuff that's like if i ever need to play some some fun stuff like if i'm not trying to show off i'm just playing a deck or i can build yeah. a second deck it's there um, like i don't want to buy a beta lance you know what i mean yeah, i'm only yeah. going to use that one card one deck like not doing it yeah i haven't quite gotten the ante yet but it goes back more to my my um thing about tournaments is that like ante is like the purest form of playing playing for stakes you know yeah and like like you want to kind of recreate that in all all rounds of the tournament you want to kind of want to have it have something on the line without having the you know, the, the feel bads of losing an anti match which yeah that's like the interesting like how people choose to nerf or like modify anti rules is always interesting to me, right? So the um, the deep spawners they have like what they call scribble anti, so they modify contract from below to make it so each player adds a card, but you don't lose the cards; you get to write on them. Okay. So like it's kind like there's kind of some skin in the game, but like I mean, if you pulled somebody's old school deck there's at least three cards in there probably that have like everybody's signature on them right so like i don't think that's like like that it wouldn't bother me if somebody wrote on like even my most expensive card i'd be like all right whatever fuck it uh but like losing cards i think is still the way to play it like, i don't I think it's definitely the spirit of the of anti yeah. and, and at some point i probably will try and build an anti deck and just kind of figure around like do i really want to buy what I, what I really want to buy just figure it out so i can do that but um I, I get it. It makes a lot of sense, 
but I think that you know people are going to that because sometimes you're playing tournaments where there's nothing on the line, and it's like let's go back to like putting something on the line. Maybe people will get that joy again. Because you know I think there's people in old school that don't like tournaments and never want to play tournaments, but I think there's a lot of people in old school that do like tournaments and are not afraid to say it, but like they don't like sure. the way the tournaments currently are, so they don't think they like tournaments. If that makes sense. Yeah, they they haven't found their their ice cream flavor right if if ice cream is tournaments they haven't found their rocky road the um i agree like i am not a good or nor very competitive player so i'm okay with playing like for nothing right Uh, but i still like in my mind i'm like oh i would enjoy playing like a tournament where something was on the line right like if there was like a buy-in for it or something like that i'd probably still go to that yeah, even tur- even knowing I'm gonna lose, right? Like, tournaments just like the fundamental best excuse to get people to play Magic, because like mm-hmm. you can have people meet up, have beers, play Magic, but that turns into like more of a hangout, and it's like also it starts being a little more political, like friends, people don't like each other, you don't invite sure. people. It's like it gets a little a little dicey on like just your hangouts, whereas like you go to a tournament, you play somebody you never met before. Like yeah, that's why I like playing the Winter Derby still. Like actually yeah. never seen before, and that's. And it's just like that's that's the one of the benefits, and then it's like how do you make that happen and, and still make everybody happy? Because I'm not trying to like alienate people that, that don't like tournaments, because but there's spots for them too, you know. Absolutely. Swiss or whatever. That's me. If yeah. uh, if you if you look at the pictures from this last weekend, you see everybody at the top eight tables, and then you see in the very very far back because I'm tall enough, you can see me <laughs> at the very last fucking table playing. I'm like, hey, yeah. bye. The um. Uh, I'll, I'll end on this because my wife's staring at me through the doorway, but sure. uh, Urbana was talking about the idea of like a, uh, an anti-format that's basically the Swiss format, like rules, but playing with EC reprint policy. Mm-hmm. It makes it more accessible, but like I, to me, like if you keep the dollar amount the same or very close, it'll be I think it'd be, I think it'll get you to the same place, but yeah. it, easier to get a hold of the cards. Yeah, I, mean, I did pick this up. I did pick up a French, Ooh, I French love content. it. I got a bunch of revised ones sitting yeah, around I, somewhere. I got four revised ones. I just like, and I was like, if I'm gonna play this alter anti thing, I was like, I need a, I need a blackboard one. I'm not gonna play a revised one, but I don't really want to buy an unlimited one because that that's the start down towards like once I buy the unlimited ones, Dude, well, I should build a real anti deck. And I was like, I don't know. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I I have my anti deck laid out. Uh, I'm just gonna. I just need longer to put the money together to put it together now. So. That's all there is. Like, I've watched a bunch of people play it, and now I'm, like, kind of, like, I know that it's, like, heroin. Like, as soon as I try it, I'm going to be like, yep, yep, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of putting it off. Um, if I had, like, dual lands already, I would probably, like, probably do it or with it. But That's the hump. If you are, if you have the unlimited chaos orb, the dual lands are the hump. Everything else yeah. is whatever. Yeah, I have a beta orb I bought, because when, when I went to Italy for the WinCon, they yeah. were they weren't allowing CE and so my orb was CE and I was like well you know I might as well get a real orb and I was like well I found a beta one that was like reasonable price and like well this is probably better than like because I don't want to have a white border orb like I have my CE orb it's black border. I get do I get it I get it I, I I got a really good deal I Claudia gave me a really good deal on a unlimited one so I bought an unlimited one from her <laughs> but I, I get it the beta ones like. They just look so nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, now I for real have to go though. All right. All right. All right. We will. I will message you. We will figure. We will talk about this tournament thing. Write yeah. your blog post, and we'll, fi- we'll we'll come back on. You can just explain to me the math and why it makes sense. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, dude. I'll All see right. you. Talk to you later. Now I gotta figure out who to stop. There it is. <laughs> All right, hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to check out uh, Ty's blog. It's uh, in the show notes. Additionally, I think the next episode is either going to be Missy, Mark, and myself uh, talking Mono Blue, or it's going to be David, Brian, and myself discussing um, the Las Vegas uh, event that we just got back from this last week. All right, hope you have a good weekend. Bye.